everybody. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. I'm Jordan Macaw. I'm Micah Macaw. And we exist to prove people wrong when they say... Sequels are never better than the originals. And my name is... Oh, no, we already said that part. <laughs> uh, well, Jordan and I are married, and we have been for many years. That's something I like to bring up every once in a while on the pod. Mm-hmm. And we will be for many more. Um, and today we're talking about three colors white or blanc. Yeah. As the French would say. This is a French movie by a Polish man and about a Polish man. And a lot of this movie takes place in Poland. Yeah, but it is still a French movie. Say, like, most of the movie takes place in Poland. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, By the way, I have to make an amendment before we go anywhere. So if you are driving somewhere, I want you to turn on your emergencies, slam on your brakes, pull over, and get ready for a bombshell announcement. And that (laughs) is, uh, last week, I talked about the movie Blow Up. Yeah. And And you kept saying over and over again, it's a French movie. It's a French French movie. movie. It's It's a French French movie. movie. It's a French movie. And you said, you were like, oh, that's interesting. This is the guy. Wait, wait. Okay. I saw your right post about this movie randomly soon after recording it. Uh, and I recognized the main guy in the shot that he shared as this guy that was in a um, Dario Argento movie we watched. Do you remember the name of that movie? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Good movie, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> but it was that guy. And I was like, huh? That guy's not French. And so I said, is this like a French movie, but it's that guy? And that guy's British, I think. Well, well you, said, you said, is that guy French to yeah. me? And I go, oh, no, he's British. Yeah, and I was like, so... And you say, is he a- French in the movie? And I'm like, no, he's British. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. Is this movie I thought was French a British movie? And then I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I looked it up, and I... So I was mistaken, and I'm going to take you all the way there, folks. You're already parked on the side of the road. So what happened is... I, I hope was, your hazards are on. Yeah, I, boy, I hope so. Uh, uh, I was reading this book called Easy... Riders, Raging Bulls. Raging Bulls, which we've referenced on this podcast, particularly The Godfather and uh, the Star Wars series. Um, And in it, they were talking about the changing landscape of film. And two of the movies that popped out to me that I was like, ooh, I really want to watch these um, was Blow Up and then a a French movie for sure called Breathless by Jean-Luc Godard. Did you watch that one? And I watched both of those movies. What's Breathless? Um, I, it's... uh, no, actually, here's the mic. Uh, scratch that question because you don't want to <laughs> answer that. Why did were those movies referenced? Who did they influence? Uh, if my memory serves, they influenced the writers of um, Golly G. Willikers. What is it called? Taxi Driver. No, no, no. Um, Bonnie and Clyde. Warren Beatty. The the writers of that. Oh, okay. Um, I believe. Now, this I read this book a little bit ago. So those were two movies that that they saw the writers of that movie and they were like, it's cool how in the, in European cinema, which is the point, one of the points we were making last yeah, yeah, year yeah. or last week <laughs> <laughs> is that like, there can be a story that is just existing and doesn't have like a definite ending or whatever. And it influences them. And, and the book's thesis is kind of like Bonnie and Clyde is like the beginning of the movement of like, um, you know, film being the way it was in the seventies. So, um, Breathless is a small town thief steals a car and impulsively murders a motorcycle policeman wanted by the authorities. He reunites with a hip American journalism student and attempts to persuade her to run away with him to Italy. Oh, yeah. I mean that. Yeah. Okay. And see, what's interesting is 
like I said last week, a lot of times European cinema, and particularly French, is like a big event followed by like the details surrounding that event. And here's what's funny. When I thought of the movie Breathless, I had no memory that there was a murder in that movie. Really? I only remember like a guy walking around and like hanging out with people. Whoa. And like uh like having a relationship with this woman. That's yeah. all I so remember. So you told me that Blow Up is uh the guy who starts in Blow Up is a British man. So it's a British movie. Well, maybe well, it's so British, but it's directed by an Italian. It's man. directed by an Italian. Yeah. So wherever that lies, you know, I it just it, it couldn't get less French at this point, is what I'm trying to Well, yeah, to but it's say. still European cinema. Yeah. Which is which is the broader point I was making. So I just want to yeah, say yeah, yeah. that you're wrong, you're wrong, neener, neener. My point still stands that I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, wiener, wiener. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the movie is not a French movie, Blow Up. Uh, but Breathless is a French movie, both good movies. Doubt it, I'm sure after this recording. No, it's John Edgar Luke Goddard. going to post about it for some reason, and I'm going to be like, oh, it's the same guy from that Dario Argento No, Gento don't movie. even listen to Jordan. Don't listen to a single thing she said and delete every th- knowledgeable thing you've heard from her f- in the past 100 and, or 300 episodes that we've Whoa. done. Whoa. I'm just kidding. Well, being such a we're man married. about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we're talking about Three Colors White, though. We've had that amendment. And I thought, what is a better way to celebrate Three Colors White than having a glass of red wine while we record? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That'd make more sense next week when we cover red. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So this movie is, well, before we jump into the movie, let's talk about our initial reaction to it. Okay. Because if you'll recall, Blue uh, was a, um, a movie about a woman who lost her husband and daughter and it was her her experience of grief. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty emotional and very intense. And so this movie, White, I was expecting it to also be really intense in that regard. Yeah. And this movie's funny. Yeah. It's and very it's zany. It's zany. Well, it it kind of has less in common with, like, a Jean-Luc Godard movie and more in common with, like, a Coen Brothers movie. Like, it, yeah. it feels like the Coen Brothers probably really like this movie. Yeah. And so I was quite surprised by that, and it took a little adjusting. That's not a bad thing. But I, I was just, like, like, I was nervous to laugh at first as the yeah. movie's going on, because I'm like, well, not yet. The hammer hasn't fully gone down. And then the ending is very strange, and I can't wait to hear what you think your thoughts are and reading are on it. But having said all that, that w- that was my experience. Very wonderful. Again, mm-hmm. very different. Yeah, I felt the same way. Nothing a- extra to add. No. Okay. Well, should I jump into who made it? Yeah. So it is once again directed by Christoph Kieslowski. Uh, it's the same writers as the last movie, Christoph Kieslowski and Christoph Pisowitz. Uh, cinematography is by Edward Klozinski, who did Europa. Uh, the music is by Zbigniew Preisner, who did the last movie. It came out in like February slash January of 1994 in a bunch of, it's, you know, depends on which one we want to go by as the release date, but there's Warsaw. The year and month and I was born. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, and so it made $1.2 million worldwide. The final shot of this scene of this movie was shot months after filming. Because he was unsatisfied with the ending that he had. Oh, interesting. So the whole little jail cell thing was extra. 
So do you know how it ended previously? I don't. Okay. Um, this is the one that, so last week, Roger Ebert called uh, Three Colors Blue an anti-tragedy. He calls this movie an anti-comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the color white, and so it is about equality. Okay. Which will be very fascinating to discuss that element of it. And then also, um, this is, in in recent Polish history, this is like they are newly a capitalist free nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, not capitalist free, but like capitalist and free because mm-hmm. uh, they used to be communist. So I think that uh, is something that we should talk about because the character undergoes like he becomes like a full-fledged like 80s capitalist mm-hmm. halfway through the movie, like Wall Street guy kind mm-hmm. of. So I just wanted to say that so that we have a little historical setting for it. And that's what I got for the movie. That's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so hit me with those acts. I just saw an interesting little trivia piece where um, from Julie Delpy saying that, um, oh, did you see that too? No, I, I just got excited about Julie Delpy, and I <laughs> smiled and nodded. Um, she said that the director often sits under the camera and chain smokes while filming. Okay. Which means when there's a close-up, he is, like, right there. And she <laughs> okay. says it, it, she found it very reassuring because all of his focus was on the actor. Yeah. But it also was a little distracting. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so Julie Delpy, we have covered in the before movies, of course. Yes. Also starring in this movie is Zbigniew. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how you say it because that's that composer's name. Zimachowski. Wait. What's the composer of this movie? Zbigniew Priestner. Okay, so this is Zbigniew Zimachowski. He plays okay. Carol Carol. Okay. He wait. That's the yeah. That's the, the main guy. Main guy. Yeah. He's in Proof of Life, A Night at the Kindergarten. Um, a lot of what I'm assuming is Polish things, Polish movies and TV. I I don't know like if Polish looks different than Russian. Right. It kind of looks Russian to me. Um. So so most mostly stuff like that, but it looks like he might be in a couple of English speaking things as well. Okay. Um, he was really good. He was so crazy good. good. And then M- Mikolai or Mikolaj. I don't know how you say it. I think they pronounce it Mikolai. Okay. Mikolai is played by, by Yanush Gajos. Um, he's also in Body Escape from the Liberty Cinema, The Meyer. But I mean, these are all not English movies. English okay. speaking movies. Okay. I'm like all Polish movies. Okay. Um, and then Jersey Stur plays Jurek, his brother, Carol's brother. Is that the guy who lived at the salon? A very cute man. <laughs> I didn't realize they were brothers. Oh, I think I just assumed they were brothers. They might have even said it at the beginning. Oh, okay. I thought they were just kind of friends. Okay. I just assumed. Um, man, he was so cute. <laughs> he was. Sweaters. Um, he is in Love Stories, Big Animal, and, I mean, that's Polish, and all of it's Polish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. And then I'm trying to find the guy. There we go. Cesari or Kazari Pazura plays his character's name is in French, so I'm not going to try and pronounce <laughs> it. But he was the guy that Carol went to to get more to get an extra job. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, he is also in Kroll. 
and a bunch of Polish things I can't Polish movies I can't <laughs> pronounce. Um, and then I think that's the gist of people. Okay. Wow. So we're already kind of we're already kind of ready to talk about the movie. I guess. I guess. My one complaint. Whoa! Uh, not enough coming Julie in Delpy on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, she was not in the. I, I thought she was the lead. Me I too. kind of assumed that they were because the the cover of Red is a woman. The cover of Blue is a woman. So I assumed Julie Delpy's in this. She's the lead. She's on the cover too. But her, she her is, and but, Carol are on the cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he is definitely the main character. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so this is a a very strange movie. I had to. Constantly remind you throughout the movie that the color is white because you weren't tracking the white color. I, I wasn't on my A game watching this one. <laughs> I mean, I was enjoying it and paying attention the whole time. But in terms of theme stuff, I, I think because the tone was so different from the last one. Yeah. And it was so so much in a way lighter that I wasn't trying to look beneath that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, and um, yeah, so one one of the one of the things I noticed right away because uh, last week we talked a lot about how um, Kieslowski comes from a documentary background, and a lot of that movie has that feel to it. And pretty like immediately, I was like, "Oh, this looks more like stage, like movie esque to me." Yeah. Um, and and at first I was like, "Oh, that's really interesting." I, I dug the documentary feel and the, and the more small detailed shot moments but then as the movie went along i was like oh this is what the movie should be it shouldn't be like blue it should look different and i'm glad that it's a little more broad is the wrong word but it felt like it used more just like classic cinema techniques Mm -hmm. um and just looked that way Mm -hmm. so right off the bat it, it just felt so different um and then he he's wearing a big green coat. We we get introduced to our character, and he walks to well the first the shot. House. The first shot yeah. is a suitcase, a big like trunk. Right, right. Go on a conveyor belt, and that's kind of as the credits are going. Yeah, but yeah, then we, then we see him, Carol, in his big green coat, going to the courthouse, um, and he gets crapped on by a bird. Now, and he mind you, the poop is white. Yeah, yeah, and so. He's being crapped on by equality. Well, <laughs> yeah. obviously his his wife, um, well, I want to remember what her name is. Dominique. Dominique, yeah. Um, her her character is often like if her character is represented in like somewhere like that bust that he bought that he stole, like it's all it's all white. She's always yeah. represented as white. Uh-huh. Which is interesting because it's like in a way she I guess she was representing equality to him. Uh-huh. And maybe that's Throughout the movie, he is obviously fighting for that for himself. Yeah, but it's like by once we get to the end of the movie, it's like what part of this is equal? Well, so I, I guess we we're gonna have to bounce around because this movie is so strange. Um, but I I was looking up Roger Ebert's review on this movie, and he mentioned how he this movie was like about revenge. Yeah, and I, I didn't. I don't know if I, it felt like revenge. Yeah, it, it didn't feel that way, but then when I think about equality and the last shot of this movie, where, so for those who, uh, to refresh your memory, the last shot is he he's basically constructed this whole thing that winds his wife up in prison. For killing him. 
And he faked his own death. Yeah, and then he looks at her through binoculars, and she waves, and she's, like, in love with him. Mm-hmm. Basically, she's like, let's get married again. Yeah, so I I think that the, the weird flipped idea, it actually reminds me of Park Chan-woo, which we'll come back to in a second, is, like, this is a movie about equality, but the equality is he thinks he's been so wronged that he's going to make things equal by making her feel the same way he has felt about her, which is she wants him, mm-hmm. but now she can't have him. Hmm. I-, I think that that is maybe the like, uh, y- you like the monkey's paw of this whole movie, where mm-hmm. it's like he they can't be together, they can't be equal together. So in order to form equality uh one of them has to make up for the fact that it's been unequal is like how they view it Hmm. i i I think that's like the kind of the funny thing of it so the context of this movie is the he's going to the courthouse because him and dominique are getting a divorce so they're in court uh, figuring this out she admits that she does not love him anymore no uh, so Let's pause really quick. I forgot because I mentioned Park Chan-woo. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, much like his revenge trilogy, is it uh, ev- all of those movies start out as like, okay, we're getting revenge on this person. And then by the end, we find out like the revenge wasn't the revenge we were expecting. <laughs> wasn't the revenge we were expecting. So do you mean in... And those that those trilogies, he's making the argument that revenge isn't good. Not I'm not like I'm saying revenge is good. Yeah, no, I I think. Well, it's like I okay, think, okay, wait. So spo- spoilers for wait, 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 old boy. No, no, no. Okay, do a different one. Do Lady Vengeance because that one I feel like in a way is more similar to this movie. So in Lady Vengeance, spoiler alert. Skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to hear this, but. Uh, this man murdered all these children. Yeah. And then these parents all want to get revenge on it. So this lady vengeance gathers up all the parents, kidnaps the guy because the guy like got off on a technicality. And Very they Freddy Krueger esque. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they all torture and kill him like he did to their children. Yeah. And I, I do think that that movie, there was a big moral dilemma on. Like, yes, he did this to your children, but are you going to do this to him? And is this actually what revenge is about? Yeah, that one is a little bit different than the the point I'm making, but it still stands and works because it is kind of like that. That one is a little more questioning. They they all question, like, what is revenge? Yeah. And and can you do it? And is it is it satisfying? And that one, I think, is like it's the last one in the series. And it feels like the most brutal one. Like the bullet point of like revenge is bad. Yeah. It's kind of like the moral of that story. Yeah. But the other two, and so the one the one I remember the most because I've seen it twice, is Old Boy. And and you know, you have this man who's locked in this prison and he doesn't know why. And then he gets out of this prison years later, and he's like, the whole movie, you know, it's built and set up as a revenge story, and this man is trying to get revenge. So you're like, let's get this guy revenge. And then w- then at the end of the movie, the twist of the movie is the guy who put him in prison is getting revenge on him on him because he was in love with someone who his wound sister. up dying or something like that. He was in yeah. love with his sister. That's right. And he kind of for not forced, but he manipulated old boy 
into having a relationship with his daughter. Yeah. Who we didn't know was his daughter. So it's an Oedipus Oedipus Rex thing, too. Yeah. That's twisted and weird. Yeah, and then his tongue is cut out at the end, which is also an Oedipus Oedipus, thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very disturbing, and it's... Well, he cuts his tongue out because he told people about what that guy was doing with his sister. Oh, right, right. Yeah. It's like his punishment, you know? But, but like, the genius of that movie, besides the fact that it's really good <laughs> and, like, made well and all of that yeah. stuff, and it's just a classic, but I think, like, the genius of the movie, to me, is, like, halfway through the movie, it flips, and you're like, oh, this was not the revenge story that I thought it was, that it was. Okay. It'd be like if, oh, okay. you know, halfway through Django, you're like, oh, it's not Django who's getting revenge. It's someone else. And that's a bad example because there's racism involved. <laughs> yeah. But it, it'd be like Kill- DiCaprio needs to get some revenge. <laughs> yeah, it, it'd be like Kill Bill halfway through. You're yeah. like, actually he was justified in doing this and he's getting revenge on her right now. Yeah. You know, but um, so I think this movie's kind of like that where we're the, but it's kind of the opposite where you're like, man, this guy is really screwed. And then at the end of the movie, you're like, oh my gosh, he's horrible. Yeah. But we thought he was the hero this whole time. Right. Because he set this up. And but, we saw we saw we were introduced to him suffering, you know? Yeah. So it's like how can we right the wrong? But what I find fascinating for me is I think if I didn't know this movie was supposed to be about equality and that was the the theme, I don't think I would have thought of it in that way. Yeah. I think I would have thought of the ending as oh she fell in love with him, she's caged and he's going to figure out a way to get her out and they'll be in love. Maybe that's because well, I'm an optimist. Her heart is caged. Is that what you mean? Like well, he's going to try to get her to fall back in love with him? No, I mean she's literally caged at the end of the oh, movie. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, so it's... Okay, well, to give context, because I need to refresh myself on context yeah. for this movie. Like I said, they're in court getting a divorce. She admits that she doesn't love him anymore. Before they even get to that, though, the the judge asks her, like, what's your grounds for getting a divorce? And uh-huh. she said that we never consummated the marriage. Right. And then... Carol is kind of saying he's, he's kind of starts going on this thing, but the judge doesn't want to hear it basically where he's like, before we were married, all that stuff was great. But since being married, I can't perform blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then the judge is like, that's <laughs> enough. Um, and cause he's, I think the judge asked like, why couldn't you consummate the marriage? And he starts explaining it. And that's <laughs> yeah, just enough like, for the nah, judge. That's... Um, and then they ask her, do you, are, do you still <laughs> love him? And she says, she admits no. Although I think that she's, not, I don't think she's truthful in that because of what happens later. Well, and and we we have like a flashback of her wedding dress. Yeah, and it's all white, and and she comes out of the chapel, and then we and hear it's from his perspective. Yeah, we hear her ask, being asked, "Do you love him?" And she says, "I used to." And then they say, "And now?" And she goes, "No." Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, so they get a divorce, <laughs> and yeah, they. Um, go out of the courthouse. She tosses him that giant trunk that we saw at the beginning of the movie, yeah. which is a you know his stuff. And then she just drives off. He it's not a mutual divorce. He does not want it. So he's trying to like chase her down, wants to talk this out. But I mean, he's lost. There's nothing he can do. Yeah, you know. Um, what were you ramping to? A certain... I'm just trying to refresh my memory slash all that backstory stuff. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that. The it, it is just it's just interesting that they we, we don't we didn't see their marriage. I don't know if they said how long they were married for. Um, no, I didn't catch it. So I, I'm not sure how long their marriage was. But she not only do they get a divorce, she immediately once they're out of the courthouse gives him his stuff, which apparently amounts to a to a trunk. Yeah. Um, 
and drives away, cancels his credit card. Yeah. Like she, they don't even like he, she basically like is responsible for him becoming homeless. Yeah. Which in a way it just seems so heartless. Like what, yeah. what she did seems so heartless. And it's like, I mean, obviously not be not consummating the marriage. That's a pretty big deal. And, <laughs> but it, in terms of what we were given in court, there was yeah. nothing else that happened in their marriage. Yeah. So I don't, I guess I'm like, it's just a very intense response. Which like it's very results like not, in an not, intense yeah response, like but she's not you know? like treating him as a human or as an equal per like she's right. not respecting him right it's it's very odd uh, yeah it's extremely odd um the the couple of things though before we move on from this is one he pukes in a white toilet got to point that out oh okay um two and that's after the trial two the trial is the trial that our main character from Julie Ju- Julie uh from the Blue. last movie, Blue, walked in on in the movie. Yeah. And we heard a couple of questions being asked about divorce, and then she gets kicked out of the courtroom. And they actually show her in the movie. They do. I, I thought they weren't going to do that. Yeah. Uh, when they showed the trial. Um, when they first showed the trial, did you know that that was it? Because I didn't, um, wasn't thinking Well, that. I had read that um, this movie was started with the trial that is oh. in the last okay. movie. So okay. I knew that. Um, yeah. I don't know if I would have picked up on it or not, but... yeah. Uh, yeah, and and oh, one thing also fun side note: when she drops off his bag, um, and says that's everything, he walks out on the street, and we're on the street where um this place in France called Saint Ch- Chapelle is, mm-hmm. uh, with this crazy, it's crazy stained glass cathedral that, cathedral that tells the entire story of the Bible, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it uh, it was just cool because it's like we've been there. Yeah. And they don't even show the cathedral, but Jordan's like, I think that's where we waited in line. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And that's also where I learned. I don't think I paid attention that that was the qu- a courthouse. Unless in the they, movie they made it one, but I, think I don't it, think so. I, I think it's uh, two different places. But we, but they're right next door to each other, is what I'm saying. No, I know. Because I do remember that street, and I remember that building. That's where he got Saint in Chappelle. and out? Where he went in and out, yeah. Oh, okay. But they, they could have just been faking the, the, in, the exterior. I don't think because so. they this said movie. I don't think they have the budget to well, figure that out. Well, okay, they do that on like any movie ever. But okay. uh, I, I think w- what what confuses me though is that they said in the in blue they're like she has to go to Mount Parnassi, and that is not Mount Parnassi. Mount Parnassi. Mount Parnassi. So when does she go? She goes to the courtroom at Mount Parnassi. Oh, but and maybe then, she's not going to the building. She's going to the area. Oh, that's true. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Hmm. I just need to look this up. Yeah. I, but anyway, I, I think yeah, they, I think they right faked there. it, which is normal and happens in movies all the time. Can you look up what that building is next to the Saint? Can I, can I see your phone? Yeah. Wait, do I have my phone? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Look it up. But while you do that, um, one thing that I learned, I and maybe this is like so known, and maybe it'll sound silly, but growing up in the church, every time I'd go to a, c- a cathedral. I would always be like, man, they spend so much money on this. It's crazy. And of course, the Catholic Church is not immune to a little criticism. (laughs) But um, I finally learned in France that the reason they do all this insane art, and especially the stained glass, is because a lot of the people during that time were not literate and couldn't read. So like St. Chapelle, it's this beautiful cathedral, and it's got to cost so much money to create. 
but it tells the story of the Bible so someone can come in who is who can't read and they can look and learn what the story of the Bible is and ask questions about it. So in that regard, I was like, dang, that's pretty cool. And it also makes for some great historical tours. Um, so that was something I learned. Mm-hmm. Did you did you find out what that building is called? Well, it's a- right on the mic, honey, please. I'm going to edit that out because calling you honey is weird and I don't do that. Sorry. Yeah, that's the courthouse. It is the courthouse. Is yeah. it? Is it the region? Like, if you zoom out a little bit, is the region called Montparnasse? No, it's on that little island where Notre Dame is. Oh, okay. Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> I thought actually it's just off that island. I think because we walked off of it. I thought I'm looking at it. It's on oh that yeah, island. okay. There, there's more than one island. Yeah, and no man is one, as far as I'm concerned. So they didn't fake it. That is the area. That's cool. I yeah. I didn't realize that. We okay. got we got confirmation. So maybe Montparnasse refers to something else in the first movie. Either yeah. way, we've We're been We're not here. French. We don't understand the local the locale. So we kind of do. We, we walked all over Paris, yo. One time in our life. Yeah, but it was like seven times in the same week. So if you set me down in that city right at our Airbnb, I think I could still go to a couple of places. Really? A couple. Yeah. But it's easy to find something like Notre Dame because it's tall. <laughs> um, I could certainly find the Seine. That'd be I easy. I could find the Eiffel Tower. I could find the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> that's for sure. And the Louvre. Okay, let's just get back to the movie. And- <laughs> now you're just naming French things. Yeah. Uh, so then we see a a poetic reference to the last Wait, movie. Wait, do you think that the beginning of the movie when he gets crapped on by a bird and he wipes it off, he's wiping away equality because of what's about to happen to him? Oh, I was looking at it more like this color and this movie and everything about it, it this man is about to be pooped on in everything he attempts to do. Yeah. That's how I looked at it, very simply. Yeah. Um, but wh- what do you mean? Say yours again? Well, if this is probably getting too into it, but... He's pooped on and he wipes it off. Uh-huh. He cleans it off, and it's like he's cleaning away the equality in his life because of what's about to happen. Hey, because it's right before he goes in. <laughs> I think we can take that for sure. Um, so then something happens. A a woman is trying to put a bottle into a recycling bin, just like the last movie. Just like the last movie, and in the last movie. Julie looked at that. Well, she didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, he sees this old woman struggling to do it, and he kind of like, laughs at her a little bit. Yeah. So we're having different reactions to the same thing, and I know that in Red, there's another recycling yeah. motif, and each character reacts differently to it. So that's something to keep tracking. I hope that in the next movie, they help the lady. Gosh. <laughs> she really struggled. Um, And so then he goes into the salon where he worked with his wife, I believe. Mm-hmm. And cause that's the, he still had that key. Yeah. And, and he he's there. sleeping on two just normal chairs. Yeah, looked awful. Looked worse than if you just slept on the ground. So she comes in and is pissed, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there, you know, she's trying to get him to give her the key back. He pretends to swallow the key, all this stuff. He, he's still, I think del- delusional in a yeah. way where he's like, this will all blow over. And then they start having sex, but immediately it doesn't go anywhere because yeah, he can't. of their because he can't of his get it going. complications. Um, and she's pissed because and oh, she, she basically. What's funny is I wrote they have sex, 
because it starts the scene starts and then the next two words i wrote were not really <laughs> to remind myself that no they didn't consummate there but she does tell him that she needs him and she wants him she wants to yeah. still be married but she just can't she can't do it anymore yeah, and she says something to the effect of, like, I tell you I need you and you don't understand. I tell you I don't need you and you don't understand. You yeah. never understand. Yeah. And so... He just seems like such a clueless person. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then she lights curtains on fire and she says, I'm going to tell the police that you did this. Yeah. And so then he has to leave. And again, it's kind of like, man, she's being really mean to this guy. Yeah. Um, and the curtains are white. She burns them. Burns equality. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Um, and then he goes so to he the train station. He retreat, retreats to the subway because there's nowhere else for him to yeah. go. And he's starting to play little tiny Polish songs. <laughs> he's playing Polish songs on a, on his comb with a piece of paper wrapped over it. Uh huh. Um, f- he's just trying to make a couple bucks, and this man uh stops and gives him some money, l- watches him for a while. And then speaks to him in Polish, and he knew he knew the song he was playing. Yeah. So they obvi- already, you know, immediately have some kind of bond because they're both Polish. Yeah. And this guy, you know, he he wants to help him. Yeah. So they like spend a while in the train station just hanging out. Yeah. And what what I find interesting is, you know, I'm like, okay, this movie's kind of a little bit weirder. We're having just weird characters. Cool. That's great. I love that. I'm on the level. But looking back after finishing the movie, it's like, oh, this makes more sense. The the guy who talks to him looks like a businessman, like mm-hmm. a like a well-dressed this is good guy. Mikolai. And um he walks by, you know, but then he hangs out with him to the point where they are like sleeping in the train station. Yeah. And you're kind of like, this guy seems like he has money. He's talking about a job offer. He like knows how to play bridge. Like he has some ideas and stuff. And so it's kind of weird that he's hanging out with this guy. But then later in the movie, we find out that he is contemplating suicide. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, Oh, that makes so much more sense that he's just like, I don't know. I'm just going to follow around this guy and see what happens. Cause Mm -hmm. I don't really care about my life. Mm -hmm. And the job he offers Carol is he, the, the job is to kill another man. And he says, don't worry. The man wants to die. Yeah. You just have to kill him. And, and he immediately is like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mikolai does want to help him get home to Poland. Yeah. But Carol doesn't have a passport anymore. Uh-huh. So he, there's no way for him to like legally get, I don't know, go anywhere. Yeah. But he does come up with one idea and he pokes a hole in his trunk and is like, I'll just be in the trunk. Yeah. Now, before we do that, he tells Mikolai, come here. I want you to see my wife. She lives right here. And they go to the door, and he's like, she's so alone, I wish I wish I could just make this thing work out. And then we see another shadow, and she's about to sleep with another man. So he goes back into the subway and calls her. To try and stop it from happening. And she picks up phone mid-sex. And, and is like, lets listen the phone to this. Go. She's like, listen to what's happening. And this is when I'm kind of like, okay, maybe this movie is funny. Because this is, I mean, that's a kind of a weird scene, but it's like, that's kind of like a perverted kind of funny joke. Yeah. That like man tries to stop but sex and then really he hears his wife. Again. But again, yes, very weird. Uh, but, uh, or mean, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it was just kind of like still adjusting to the temperature of this movie. And mm-hmm. then it really hits home in the next couple scenes. It's like, this is funny. Uh, because he gets in the bag, they fly him home to Poland. 
Before that, though, he steals that bust of a woman. Yes. That I forget where the where it was, but he stole it. The bust is white, and later on, he is he calls it Dominique. So uh-huh. it, he he looks at it, and it's his wife. Uh-huh. So he steals this and brings it home with him. Yeah. But as he does so, Mikolai is waiting at baggage claim, and the bag is not coming through. And so <laughs> there's, a, a, again, a funny scene where he walks over to the person, and he's he says, hey, did all the baggage get through? And they say yes. Then he goes, but uh, my bag didn't come through. And uh, she goes, well, you, you had 165 pounds in your bag. What was in it? And he says, oh, just, you know, clothes and personal effects. She and goes, then there's a pause, and he's like, it was a person. It was my friend. My friend <laughs> yeah. is in the truck. <laughs> and then we cut to these guys who must work at the airport mm-hmm. stole a bunch of baggage. And, and they're just going to loot through it. And they're just going to loot through it. Take what they want. They see this 165-pound bag. They pull it out, and they're like, we're going to split this five ways, but I want like 20% or like 50% because I you know, found it and all that stuff. And they open it up. And a man comes out, Carol. So they just start beating the crap out of him. And they toss his bust. They toss his bust. um, And the the bust is a a head of a statue, by the way. Yeah. Is that what a bust is called? The head and shoulders. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe just the head. Yeah. Uh, And they're beating him up in the white snow, might I add. And then, uh, (laughs) then they, like, throw him down a ditch. You're like, what is going on? And then he just picks up the pieces of the bust that they threw away uh-huh. and just collects his things and walks home. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess home is... See, this is why his I think it's his... salon where he used to it's, work. Yeah, it's his salon. This is why I think it's his brother because the salon's called Carol and his name is Carol Carol. Yeah. So it's like a family business. Oh, yeah. That, okay. That's just what I assumed. So as he goes home to the salons and Wait, so his first name is his last name. His Carol, Carol, like oh, he, his I two names. Did and not both track Carol. that. You only know that from IMDb. Oh, I, no, I knew that. Really? I said it at one point, probably in court. <laughs> wow, that's kind of cool. What if your name was just Jordan Jordan? Mm, seems a little repetitive. <laughs> what if it was Jordan Jordan Jordan? Very repetitive. <laughs> but yeah, so he makes it back to the salon. And uh, we didn't mention that he is like a very accomplished hairdresser. He's won so many awards. Right. So many. Yeah. And that's how him and his wife met. Yeah. Was at a competition. Yeah. So it, it's just, <laughs> I can't imagine this man who seems like such a loser being accomplished at anything and being good at anything. I know. I know. Um, but then he starts gluing back with white glue, his white statue. And that's when I said, I jokingly said, the glue is white. And Jordan went, oh, yeah, this is white. <laughs> I still was just like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then he goes outside with his two francs, and he attempts to throw them. But the coin sticks to his palm. And then... And then it feels like that's when the luck in his life changes. If, in to this me, movie. that felt like you know he was he was going to throw away this coin because it was like the last thing he had from France, the last thing that tied him to his wife, and he yeah. was going to throw it throw it away and just let it all go. Yeah, but he, it didn't he it didn't take, and it's like maybe I can do something with like maybe this means something. 
Yeah, and it feels like if the coin had left his hand, the movie would uh, go through differently. Mm-hmm. He would have let go of his wife. Uh-huh. Uh, but he doesn't. And so then he goes and gets a job because he's not really interested in doing the salon stuff, probably because it reminds him too much of Dominique. Yeah. Uh, and he's getting a job as kind of a security guard in this area. And there's a hilarious shot where he's looking down the barrel of a gun he's, as he's inspecting <laughs> it in a very doofy way. Yeah. Um, and he's acting all, like, tough and stuff, and he's just the small man. <laughs> I know. Um, and so he starts working on this job, and, you know, we just see him do that for a little bit. When do we get to where he's in the car with the other two dudes? We're almost there. Before okay. that, he kisses a statue. That he calls Dominique. Yeah. Because he has a dream, wakes up, and that's what happens. Yeah. So then there's the guys in the farming thing, the the buying the plots of land. Can you jump on that? So he's he goes up, he goes into the country with these two dudes. One dude uh, is the one that employed him to be the security guard. So I'm assuming he's with them to be his bodyguard still or something. But yeah. he like falls asleep in the back and they're like making fun of him. Yeah. So it seemed very weird. But these two men get out of the car once they get up on top of this hill and they're looking out across this landscape and they're saying that there's an Ikea and another company that wants to build warehouses here. Uh-huh. And it's just like, think of the possibilities. Like if we can buy up all this land, like all these peasants wouldn't don't even like, it'd be so cheap. And while they're talking about it, Carol wakes up in the back <laughs> of the car and is hearing this. Yeah. And he does like the like one eye open yeah. bit. <laughs> and then they, they just keep continuing to make fun of him for being asleep. And yeah. then they just, so that that's what that scene is. Yeah. So then soon at, we'll just jump to this. Yeah. yeah. But, but soon after we see Carol back in the countryside by himself and oh no, before that he gets a ton of money. He has like a shoebox full of money. Maybe he just has a nest egg in Poland. He must. Yeah. Cause we didn't see where he got this money and it didn't feel like he'd been working for this guy long enough to make this much money. Yeah. Maybe he got it from his brother too. It's like the business. Yeah. So he, well, why does he go to that lady? Is it all, is it all in Frank's Frank's? Maybe. And they need to convert it. That wouldn't make sense though. Cause he was like, home. I don't know. I'm not going to dwell on it. Too yeah, yeah. But he has Stop all this, dwelling. all this money and he goes up to one dude's house in the country and what, you know, has a proposition for him. Basically it's like, can I buy your land? Yeah. And he convinces the guy to sell him his land. So he does that. We see only one instance of it, but he goes around to like, well, I think he buys up a few plots to the point yeah. where like you couldn't build warehouses. He buys like just enough. Yeah. And not only does he buy them, he, if, if he ever, if anything happens to him, the property immediately goes to the church. <laughs> right, 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 right. So there's no way you can build stuff out here. It's so, a pretty smart move for someone who we've seen be kind of stupid. Yeah. And make pretty dumb decisions. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty smart, although it gets kind of scary. When those guys find out. When they find out that he bought the land and then they pound on his door and they start like choking him and strangling yeah. him. But when they, when he tells them the church thing, that guy immediately, pretty much immediately is like, well, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> he kind of like backs off. But then all that to be said is these men now pay him way, way, way more than what the land is worth. 
10 times as much ten, as he spent. 10 times as much as he spent. He's getting like 50,000 per plot or whatever. Yeah. So he makes a fortune. Yeah. Um, by doing this and uh-huh. he starts his, he goes to, and Nikolai. this is like that happenstance, like Coen brothers kind of vibe that I get from this. And th- movie. This is like definitely a part, especially when he goes to that man in the country there it's like what is he doing i know i know but you should be feeling that way i think because we're yeah they're not not trying to yeah yeah, they're not letting us in on it until it's happening yeah but yeah so he does that and then he has like a pretty big chunk of money so not only does he start his own company he gets a driver all of a sudden gets a Volvo. well let's stop and let's rewind okay uh because i want to talk about my favorite part of the movie which is when uh is like he he so so uh carol yeah. comes up to mikolai and he says hey is there still that guy? this is before he sold the land yeah. i think he's bought some of it though um or maybe not because he's trying to raise money in order to do it um so he's like hey i think it's before all that because it kind of gets him started with money i don't know yeah i think so um so he says is there still that guy that wants to be killed and does he still want to be killed and he says yeah and then he he goes okay i'll do it and so then they go to the train station, or he does, Carol does, because that's where the guy's going to be. And he walks through in this quiet spot. It's like and in, then, a, in a newly constructed subway. Yeah. And then Mikolai walks out, and we and we realize, and I don't think I really realized it until you you said it, but Mikolai is the one who wants to be killed. Mm-hmm. And then Carol goes, are you sure you want to do this? And he goes, yes. And then he says, the money's in my pocket so once you kill me you can just grab that and i i don't really have a desire to live anymore and so then he goes okay you're sure you're sure and he says i'm sure and then he shoots and it goes in slow motion as he backs away and what was funny is i was like oh you know this is a good shot but i was like it looks kind of strange because it kind of doesn't look like he got shot Mm -hmm. is what i thought to myself as it's going because he's kind of backing away in a weird way that doesn't seem like he leans against him yeah, yeah, and that, you know, if you got shot in the heart, you're not going to, like, lean against the person in front of you. And then he kind of opens his eyes as he's falling over, and uh, then Carol is like, that was a blank. So are you sure? Now I'm going to ask you again, are you sure you want to die? And Mikolai says, I'm not so sure anymore. That's so cool. <laughs> I love that, and I've never seen that idea in a movie before. No. That's so good. So that was so. Mikolai still gives him the money anyway because he still did him what he asked him to do, you know, yeah. in a way. So he gets the money, and then fast forward through what the other stuff we just covered. He uh, starts this business before that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but then it cuts to them playing on the ice and snow oh, and drinking. That's right. And, and they're kind of so like, I've cute. never been so alive. I feel like and a that's kid. all white. That's all white. Hmm. So. I don't know what that has to do with equality. It just seems to like hope. Yeah. But um anyway, yeah. So that that was all I I loved that little like short film in the it, that's within this movie of the suicidal man and yeah. what happens. Well, yeah, cuz then it continues where the, he still gives Carol that money. Carol makes even more money uh-huh. on what the stuff we just said. And then he goes to Mikolai and says, "Hey, that money you gave me, I cuz when he took the money, he says, "I'm ta- I'm considering this a loan." So yeah. he makes more money, goes back to Mikolai, and he's like, I'm telling you, I st- still am considering that money. That money is still loan, but now I started a business, so now your money 
is actually yeah. Thirty percent of your money is the capital investment. Yes. So he tells them, which means you are now part owner of this company with me. And yeah. Mikula is like, great. And see, this this is where it feels like, and and okay, I don't know the history of communism very well, so I'm definitely out of my depth. Okay, so just bear that in mind. But it feels like there's probably a reading on this movie that is a metaphor about like being trapped within communistic reign. Because I, I did look it up. In 1990, Poland was had their first uh, like election. democratic d- election. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's definitely, like, I feel like this character is, is the whole movie he's subjugated and trapped. And then when he gets money and, like, when, when he helps someone and, and, then, and then when he starts working the system, he's able to use the capitalism to his advantage. And I'm not, I don't know, the movie doesn't seem to be taking a stance pro or con against his business actions, although they're definitely, like, shady. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's starting this whole thing on insider trading. But yeah, it's he's like doing, illegal. like, import-export, but it just all seems under the table. Yeah. No, but I mean, even buying the plots of land, like, that's illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you know? right, right, yeah. <clears throat> so it, it feels like, I, I don't know how savvy, uh, uh, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the director. What's his name? Uh, Christoph. Kieslowski. The last name, sorry, is what I was looking for. Christoph Kieslowski. I, I don't know how savvy he is to 80s uh, uh, capitalist Wall Street America, but this does feel like potentially he is being satirical toward America at least or maybe Poland was kind of going through this like business boom I mean you know yeah I think so communism's not great so yeah yeah but his company seems to be doing well but he's still thinking of Dominique and so he meets with Mikolai outside of his office and there's another like just comedic line where he's like I didn't want to meet in the office because you never know who's listening and he and then Mikolai says who might be listening and he's like i don't know <laughs> yeah, you never know <laughs> yeah you never know or yeah how should i know you, you you never know it's like that's not for me to figure out i just don't want whoever it is to hear me so that's funny um and then he presents that he wants to fake his death mm-hmm. and so they do that and they take us through the steps which is also like in a black humor kind of way it's pretty funny when you like when you're watching the movie, I feel like it's not that funny. But, but when in talking about it, in talking about it, it's like, yeah, this guy then buys a body where the face has well, not, been no, not only crushed. That, he gets a death certificate. <laughs> yeah, he gets, he gets a, death a death certificate, certificate before he gets a body. Yeah. I don't know how that works, <laughs> but they like shred up his passport and everything, gets a death certificate, then tells his driver, now we need to get a body. And the driver is like, huh? And yeah. then a pretty, like, right after that, he's like, I guess we could buy one. Money can buy anything. But he yeah. maybe goes into that capitalism thing, and they buy a body. Uh-huh. I think it came from yeah, it came from Russia. Yeah, and it's <laughs> its head wait, is crushed. It, the person's head is crushed, <laughs> so he can't be identified. <laughs> and <laughs> that's that. And then they yeah. they have some other like plans on how to go about it, but this is kept from us. Yes, more or less. Uh, and actually, now that we're discussing it more, I don't think that Kieslowski is taking a. Uh, an objective approach to capitalism. The more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, no, he's definitely saying do, that this is not they good. They do what's say happening. that a couple of times throughout the movie. At one point, I forget why, but Carol says money buys anything. Money can buy anything. Yeah. And then later on, when he talks about the body with his driver, he, the driver says, yeah, money can buy anything. Yeah. 
You're going to find very few artists that are pro-capitalism. <laughs> because if you didn't know, doesn't work in artists' favor. Uh, so then he goes to a funeral, and, uh, <laughs> well, they have his funeral. And, and they're, 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 he's I like... Mean, the, wait, wait. The way they're like... <laughs> The reasoning for, as far as we know, that he's faking his death is he knows it's the only reason he'll get his wife to come to Poland. Yeah. And before all this happens, he creates a new will and testament that says upon his death, everything will go to his wife. Which is a lot of money. A lot of money. So he's like, all of that money will get her to come. Yeah. But now thinking about the inequality thing, knowing the end of the movie, is he actually just setting it up so that it looks like his wife killed him? Because yeah. he's sending all of that money. And throughout the movie, so like I said, Julie Delpy's not in this a ton. I would say in this middle part of the movie, we get, it'll cut to her. At one point, she's walking in, she steps into a room, enters the door, and then we leave her. And then a while later, we see her again, seemingly in the same room, and walking. Yeah. So, we don't know until much later that we're just seeing her in the future. Like, this is her in the hotel room after the funeral. Right. So the funeral happens. She's there. She's crying. She's sad. Uh, Carol's hiding behind a tree to see it all with binoculars. (laughs) Well, and and this felt, and I can't remember when uh, Bottle Rocket came out and Rushmore, but they're definitely 90s movies. Yeah. And and this shot, of course, Wes Anderson is so influenced by European makers, but like the way he is positioned behind this tree is comical. And the way he's using his binoculars is comical. And it very much reminded me of Wes Anderson. Mm Mm-hmm. I would not be at all surprised if, like, we went through and watched some Wes Anderson and found, like, a replication of this shot in one of his movies. Because he is not unknown. He does that. Yeah. And it's awesome. So, anyway, funny. Go ahead. So, she comes back to her hotel room after the funeral, and who is there but Carol naked in her bed? (laughs) Yeah, she, like, screams. And this, this is the other thing to think about, the psychology about this. So... In their marriage, he could not perform sexually. Yeah. And then he, they had get a divorce. His goal is to somehow, I mean, is he getting his wife back? Is he getting revenge? We don't know. <laughs> but, like, now that she's in her hotel room, she sees him, you know, she's like, either he's a ghost or he's not dead. <laughs> and then they, they have sex. Yeah. And, like, they have sex. Like, he And can, there's a flash of white at the climax of the sex, which is. is interesting. Maybe but, that, like, he, Maybe that's the most equal they ever get in the movie. He can do it. Now. Yeah. Which to me is like, what's the psychology behind that? Is this like him doing all of these, like, it, it all comes to like a very manipulative, weird head. Like, is that what, is that what he needs? Was, I like marriage, to think... was marriage too evil <laughs> for him? You know, because of like, yeah, I don't know. Was it? I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Just so weird. I like to think poetically that since he, a character who dies because he's technically dead by the state, is uh, incapable of impossibilities. So he is, now that he no longer exists, he can do whatever he pleases. That's an interesting <laughs> <laughs> sentence. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And and I do think the, the, the white flash at the climax of the scene is very interesting. Perhaps, like I said, yeah. their most equal moment in the movie. Um, and I thought, I actually... And this this just happens with movies that are less plot driven, you know. 
it's although this one is pretty plot heavy compared to blue it, like when i saw that white flash i was like oh that's the like i thought the next thing is it's a directed by oh okay because it to me it felt like oh that's the end of the movie and it's kind of this almost silly tale that brought this him weird to, convoluted thing that he did to get his wife back that does not seem okay yeah uh but there's more and uh what happens next is he leaves her in the morning yeah, and he seems kind of excited about it, and this is why, like, looking back on the movie with all the knowledge we know, I think it is kind of a revenge tale, because yeah. it's like, I can leave her now, and now she will be assumed that she killed me, and she'll be telling them crazy things like, I slept with him, he's alive, and it'll be they'll be like, uh-huh, sure, and you also have a million dollars in so your So they had this plan now. set up that at 10 a.m., Mikulai was going to call the police, I don't know what he was. I'm now. Now I'm assuming he called the police to say, like, with information that Dominique killed her husband. And by yeah. that time, Carol was supposed to be on a plane to Hong Kong, which he never goes to. Yeah. That oh we, yeah. Yeah, he didn't. But so the police like barged into her room. And sorry, I heard a noise <laughs> out there. And it scared me. Just the neighbors. But yeah, so the police come into her room and are questioning her, and that's what you're saying. She's saying like, "No, he's he's not dead. He's alive. He was here. He just left." And all <laughs> they're this just stuff. like, "Uh, sure." Yeah, they're not believing a word she's saying. Not only that, there's a language barrier. <laughs> because it's, this she, movie's funny. She can't speak Polish, so it just sound it just all seems it's all bad news. Yeah, yeah. And um, she goes to jail. She goes to prison for killing her husband. Right. And then, and then we get like the last scene of the movie. Which is him looking at... No, no. He's in the salon with his brother. His brother just made some bread. He That's wraps right. it up. He has a giant jar, like the biggest jar of cherry jam that he also puts in the bag. Uh -huh. Carol brings it to the prison. He walks in to the prison. He's in the courtyard. He's looking up at a window. And we see it's Dominique looking down at him with such love on her face. Yeah. Like admiration and love for him. And she does all these like hand signals. Which that, we don't know what they are, and they don't, they don't look are. like well, sign language I, I or anything. I think that she was saying, like, like let's get married again. Like, I, I want to be married again. Yeah. I think that's the essence of what she was saying. And then it cuts back to him, and he's just crying, but happy crying. <laughs> he's smiling. And then that's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I think, like like any good story... It's like, what's the next chapter? Uh, you, you know, yeah. you, you could see that you could see someone making a sequel to this movie. Like, like it feels like there's so much left unanswered. Yeah. But I, I think going through it all and not just relying on my optimistic side, which I tend to do, I think he walks away and he gets on the flight to Hong Kong and never sees her again. You think that part, last part of the movie didn't happen? No, no, no. I, I think that he... After he sees her in the jail and he sees that she loves him now, he gets on the plane to Hong Kong and goes to his apartment and lives there. No, I because I think he visits her often in prison. You think so? Because the the question the, the conversation he had with his brother at home while the brother's making the bread is his brother mentioned something like, Oh, I should make a stew for her next time. She likes my stew. He like says something like that. Oh, that's true. Which makes me think he never left because he still love like he still loves her. Uh-huh. So maybe there's that that equality component is still there. He still loves her. He like manipulated her into falling back in love with him. <laughs> Therefore, there was no need for him to leave. 
Yeah. Like he didn't feel the need to leave and do whatever he was gonna like whatever life he was gonna live in Hong Kong. Yeah. Or maybe he went to Hong Kong while the trial happened and stuff until everything cooled off, like the mob, you know, <laughs> sending a guy back to Italy yeah, yeah. for a while. And then then he came back when everything was cooled off. Yeah, yeah. But see what I mean, though, where it's like yeah. you could make a no- or like a short story or a novel or something because it's like, what did happen next? Yeah. But it's almost like more messed up if he continues to visit her than if he just leaves because it's just like this guy is just going to visit her while he's in trouble, like while she's just in trouble in prison. And what's crazy is that their relationship is is now equal. The crazier (laughs) implications. Well, one, the prison's white. The building's white. Yeah. So she is uh, trapped in equality. She's trapped in equality. (laughs) And then what's also interesting to know is like if he visits her, visits plural. Yeah. Like, what what is the she's in jail because of him because of murdering him yeah what has happened like when is she gonna get out of prison because she's like that's my husband look he's not dead right let me out of here is right. she is she did she get to a point where he kind of is where she's that delusional and uh-huh. so sick with love <laughs> that it's just like I don't care he's here I think imp- he wore me down I, yeah I think maybe. Now, now, a question I have uh, for you, and I know my thought on it, is I think I don't feel like this is uh, an anti-feminism message or anything like that. Do yeah. you have oh, I any never, thoughts I on never that? I never felt like that while watching yeah. this movie. Because I, I, I kind of feel like maybe someone who is not as versed in subtlety <laughs> would could maybe watch this movie and be like, wow, what a terrible message. Much like a lot of people who watch movies that don't have happy endings, like have a hard time understanding that maybe that's not what the movie's trying to tell you. Yeah. Uh, but I thought if you did have a thought on it, that would be interesting, but I, I don't, I, and I didn't, I didn't come across that or anything, but no, cause I mean, in a, not even looking at it based on women and men, like who's higher than the other. I mean, it's just the movie starts where the wife had the upper hand. She won the divorce. She, uh, she won everything. And then by the end of the movie, he had the upper hand and he won everything. I don't see that as a, like, yeah, a, a manner, like a gender issue. Right. I, I don't like either. An equality. But maybe there is. Maybe <laughs> there is, though, because it is a woman and a man. And, yeah. the, and white is about equality. So maybe there is something there where he can do this whole convoluted, convoluted scheme and it will work in his favor because she is a woman. Oh, well, that's certainly interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Gosh, we could probably in a year watch these movies again and do another episode on <laughs> blue and white. <laughs> because I feel like maybe she even sparked a uh, p- potential idea in him at the salon uh-huh. when she started burning the curtains and said, I'm going to tell the police you did it. Right. And that gives him some idea. Like, sub, you know, later on, he's like, oh, she did that. I'm going to do the same thing to her. And he does yeah. it to her. <sighs> wild. Yeah. Really wild. Uh, really enjoyed it. I think I've said everything I have, but do you have anything else on this movie? No, it's a very fascinating movie. Very fascinating. Um, But before we go, I want to tell you our upcoming schedule, folks. And I also want to say, before I say that, you got to give this show a rating on Apple. Mm -hmm. We want to get a lot of ratings this year. We need them. We're hungering for them. We starve every every week. We don't see a new rating. (laughs) 
And we need we also starve when you don't share it with a friend. So make sure Gilmore and share it with so a friend. He's so starving that he's biting my ankles right now. Yeah, we need to feed our dog, so we need more fans. Um <laughs> now here is the schedule for the next couple of weeks cuz it gets a little weird. Today it's March 3rd and or it's March 10th actually. And it's going to be a month before you get your next three colors episode. And the reason is is because next week we will be covering Scream 6. The week after that, we will be covering Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and revisiting the DCEU as it as it dwindles and dies. And then uh, on the 31st, we will be covering John Wick Chapter 4. So we will be revisiting Keanu as well. And then the week after that, we will be doing Three Colors Red. So look forward to that. Go to the theaters. Um, and then on Patreon.com slash Micah we are doing our Oscar special, breaking down the movies, doing Where our predictions. Did you know yet? I think it's the, the first or second weekend in March. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I think they're just doing them in March now instead of February. So we're going to be able to probably see all the movies. I have, as of this recording, I have no idea what's going to get nominated because it's well, just a, it doesn't feel like there's a clear path. I have one clear path. Fableman's is definitely getting nominated. And its nominated. name is Michelle Yeoh. Yeah? Yeah. I think that Kate Blanchett is going to slam dunk on Michelle Yeoh at the Oscars. I don't think so. You don't think I so? I don't think so. I mean, I'm happy for Michelle Yeoh, but uh, the Tar performance was like a life-changing it is. performance. It absolutely is. Yeah. I'm not taking that away from her. But uh, I have never seen a person win this many awards for that role. Like, sure. Yeah. I know like if someone wins a Golden Globe, it means nothing. Like who even watches the Golden yeah. Globes at this point? But there all all these random independent movie awards yeah. stuff leading up to it. She won she's won like so many of them. And I know I know I just think Yeah, no. The campaign is strong with her. You know what? Actually, now that you're mentioning it cuz this is a well, you're going to be able to hear a real deep breakdown from an episode that's already out by the time you're listening to this. Uh yeah, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once might be the Best Picture winner, now that you mention it. Man, I hope so. That'd be so cool. That would be The weirdest cool. movie to win Best Picture. It'll definitely win Best Writing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it probably will win, actually. Unless RRR comes in and well, steals the show. that's the only exception. <laughs> I, I, I could see, though, I could see Fableman's taking it home. Fableman's did win at Golden Globes. Yeah. But again, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But... We know Avatar is going to win special effects, so you can bet money on that. That's yeah. easy. Uh, well, let's stop talking about it, though, because yeah, we'll yeah. have a little episode dedicated to it. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the episode now. If that tantalized you, sign up for as little as three bucks a month. Whoa! That's as good a deal as it gets. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week when you get a call from someone asking you, what's your favorite scary movie? Hmm?